Hello, podcast listeners. This is Rob again, and I'd like to ask you for a favor. As I often say, our mission here at Amplify Process Safety is to save lives by helping companies improve their process safety programs. However, we can only meet our mission by working with more companies, and that's where you come in. If your company needs a PSM audit or perhaps needs help with a process hazard analysis, or maybe you don't know how to submit an RMP plan to EPA, let us know. These are all things that we can help with. At Amplify Process Safety, we are experts in all aspects of PSM and RMP regulations, including PHAs, mechanical integrity, management of change, and we also have lots of useful knowledge related to NFPA requirements, combustible dust, etc. So if you or someone at your company could use our help or just wants to talk about some things related to process safety, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, whenever you want to, you can reach me on my direct line, 207-229-0862. And as I said, if you know of anyone who can use our services, please let us know. Till next time, be safe out there. Welcome to Amplify Your Process Safety, the podcast that provides the experience and expertise you need when it comes to process safety and risk management. Our hands-on approach will give you the insight needed, whether you're new to industry or process safety, in a role where you interact with aspects of process safety, or an experienced process safety professional. Join us in our mission to protect people, the companies they work for, and the communities where they operate by making process safety knowledge available to all. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome back to the Amplify Your Process Safety podcast. I'm Molly Myers, and I'm back again with Rob Bartlett. Hey, Rob. Hey, Molly. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to be talking about combustible dust and all of the similarities in the management system requirements with the PSM standard. The PSM standard. Okay. So why don't we start off? Let's start off by kind of setting the baseline of where do the requirements for combustible dust come from? There's currently no OSHA standard for combustible dust, correct? I have tried several times, but have never managed to successfully pass one, correct? Right. Yes. And at, the, and, and at the time of recording, combustible dusts are not actually part of PSM. So that means that in order to look to see what we should do to manage combustible dust and the hazards relating to them, we end up at the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, and there are various standards related to combustible dust. So just to give the audience a little bit of a background on uh, the numbers of standards related to combustible dust, we have of a few. Of which there are several, we yeah. We have a few, exactly. So the general standard for combustible dust is NFPA 652. And then if you look through the standards, there's a few others that are very industry specific. So I'll just throw them out there and then we're gonna move on to how things are similar with PSM. So the first one is NFPA 61, and that one has to do with preventing fires and dust explosions in ag and food processing facilities. So that's NFPA 61. We also have NFPA 484, which is for combustible metals. We have 655, which is for the prevention of fire, of, excuse me, of sulfur fires and explosions, which has some, some requirements for combustible dust related to sulfur. Uh, 664 
is the prevention of fires and explosions in wood processing and woodworking facilities. Mm-hmm. So we've got and those are all industry specific. And then if you don't fit into any of those, then, then you're covered by 654. 654. So and that is the standard for the prevention of fire and dust explosions from manufacturing, processing and handling of combustible particulate solids. So that kind of gives an overview of them all. You know, as, as we said, 652 is the general one for all combustible dust. We have various ones that we could go through for different industries. The ones that we normally get caught up with is 654, which, as Molly said, is the kind of the catch all. So if these other industry specific ones don't get you, then 654 does. And FPA standards have evolved over the years. And what we're seeing is that more and more they're starting to, to really look familiar with PSM standard and the elements of PSM which is why we thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast kind of comparing them. So the first PSM element listed in the standard is employee participation. Right. So the OSHA PSM standard has requirements to make sure that all of your employees are participating in the process safety uh, program and as various elements. And NFPA also requires the uh, establishment of a written plan and that they need to consult with your employees and actively involve all of your personnel and their representatives in your combustible dust safety program, just like a PSM standard. Just like PSM. So we can't we so we can't comply with the combustible dust requirements just by having the safety manager sit alone in a room and do all this stuff, right? Exactly. Yes. So they need to be involved just like in PSM with the hazard assessments and procedures and training and all of that information. So, yep. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into those details here in a second. Yep. Seems reasonable. Okay. The next one we want to talk about the PSM element is process hazards analysis and the similar requirement within dust, combustible dust requirements is called the dust hazard analysis. And I know we've, we brought that up in uh, a DHA, we brought that up in previous podcasts, but we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about the, the similarities or the differences mm-hmm. uh, with the PHA. So I'll run through a few of them here. First off, the typical methodologies are slightly different. Usually for PHA, we do a HAZOP, a hazard and operability study, or maybe a, a what if analysis. The DHA, Although you can do various forms of what if, or maybe not a HAZOP, but something that might resemble a HAZOP for combustible dust, most of the time we use checklists for that, that can be based on the uh, standard now that the standards have, have matured as far as what their requirements are. Right, uh, right. Must... the checklist lends itself really well for the combustible dust because the NFPA standards are very prescriptive. If there you have a silo, these are the sorts of safeguards that you should have. If you have a mill, these are the types of safeguards that you should be following. Whereas PSM is very general. It gives you objectives, but it doesn't tell you exactly how to manage each of the different hazards. So that's why the checklist works really well for the dust hazard analyses. Well, and that's, I mean, PSM is for a broad, 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 cross-section of different processes and technologies and all that, whereas dust hazards are fairly common in their what sorts of hazards they have as well as what what sorts of equipment tends to use these and what sort of, of things that you need to do. So 
Okay, so we must do them for all dust processes, similar to having to do them for all PSM covered processes. The initial deadline for those has passed. It was it was uh, just early in COVID, uh, September 2020. <laughs> these must be just like a PHA. These must be revalidated every five years. They must be led by a qualified person. They must be documented, including the resolution of recommendations and. Facility siting and housekeeping is an essential element within the requirements of the DHA. So that's how right. they're, how DHAs are, com, are, are similar to PHAs. What do you think, Molly? Anything to add or you want to move on? So the one unique piece is the housekeeping for traditional chemical processes. You know, housekeeping is you know good practice, but with combustible dust, housekeeping is one of the key safeguards. So that's why there's a lot of emphasis on that in the facility siting piece of the uh, dust hazard analysis that you don't typically see in a uh, chemical PHA. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good point. It is essential, and and as we've learned from the incidents that have happened secondary dust explosions caused by bad housekeeping can cause more damage than the initial deflagration if you do have some sort of um, ignition of that of that dust right. cloud. Exactly. So some other similarities between PSM and the NFPA standards include the training and operating procedures. Okay. You have to have written operating procedures both for your operators and for your maintenance procedures just like with PSM. You need to have safe work practices, including hot work, same as PSM. The procedures have to be reviewed annually and certified that they're current and uh, accurate. The initial and refresher training must be provided and documented, just like PSM. One slight addition in the NFPA standards that's not required in uh, PSM is that you have to certify annually that the training is complete and up to date. Okay. Uh, both of them require that you certify that your operating procedures are up to date, but there's an additional step for certifying your training with the NFPA standards. But otherwise, they're very, very similar in those requirements for training and SOPs. Interesting that they that they pull training into that. I guess you kind of would would assume that it within PSM you have certainly requirements for training. Um, yes. And you kind of would assume that there would be some sort of process to make sure that they're complete. But the dust requirements get a little bit more prescriptive, saying no, we we want you to we want someone to actually <laughs> sign off and certify that the training is complete. So puts a little bit more of an emphasis on it, I guess. Okay, so the next one we wanted to talk about was management of change. So we talk about MOCs a lot in our podcast, obviously a lot when we talk to our clients. So what are some of the similarities uh, and maybe differences? Well, first off, we must have written procedures that are not just established, but also implemented. So we've got to have a procedure for managing change. The types of changes that are covered for dust hazards that are similar to PSM, such things as process material changes, technology changes, equipment, procedures, facility changes, all of those are, are listed in the standard. However, a couple of additions for the dust hazards is changes in staffing and changes in job tasks related to any process that's managing or that has combustible dust, those also are specifically stated as needing to be covered by MOCs. So again, these are these are kind of some things that in the 
what, 30 plus years now, the 30 years now that we've been doing PSM, these are some things that kind of lessons learned that NFPA have said, all right, we're right. going to, we're going to specify this. Um, right, right. They, they've uh, been able to take advantage of some of the improvements in industry uh, from PSM and rolled some of those expectations specifically into their standards as opposed to relying on RAGAGAP, which is what PSM does. Which is what PSM does, right. And the last point I think we wanted to make was that, as with PSM, all design documents and procedures must be updated with a with an MOC. So anything that changes the process or changes how we interact with the process needs to have some sort of change management program. Yep. So the next one is incident investigation. That's right. a element in PSM that I'm sure everyone's familiar with. So NFPA standards also require having a system to ensure that incidents that result in fire, deflagrations, explosions, and so forth are reported and investigated in a timely manner. They're not quite as prescriptive as PSM in terms of how quickly it needs to start. They just say so a timely say, manner. So it doesn't say 48 hours like PSM no. does? No, but it also requires that the investigations be documented and the findings shared with all of the affected personnel and that any recommendations have to be resolved and uh, the actions taken documented, uh, just like with any other incident investigation with PSM. Good. So basically, if we're treating our dust hazards similar to our PSM program for incident investigations, we should be fine. Okay. Yep. You could um, use the same incident investigation program across the board. Great. Well, exactly. it's always, always good when we don't have to create something to, new to comply. Okay. The next one we want to talk about was mechanical integrity. You know, as I've said many, many, many times, that's such a huge topic. So for combustible dust, it's not specified in the management system section of the standard. Mm -hmm. um, specific maintenance requirements included in the bulk of the standards for each type of combustible dust handling equipment since they are prescriptive standards. So this this really goes back more to what you were saying earlier, that some of these dust requirements are more prescriptive than the performance-based standard, which is PSM. Right. So if you look into specifics for mills and things that have motors, it'll talk about testing for temperature variations and checking the bearings and lubrication and things of that sort. So those mechanical integrity inspections and maintenance cycles and so forth are included in the NFPA standards, but it's not called out as a separate element uh, in the management system. But right. they're, they're but there they're and there. they're essentially they're, the same. Yeah, but there are maintenance requirements in there. And the mm -hmm. last thing was we do have some designation within the standards, some designation of discharge locations, especially for atmospheric reliefs. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and again, that's that's the very specific standards. And in the dust applications, a lot of times those will be emergency panels, blowout panels, and things yeah. of that sort. Not a relief valve not a per relief se. Device or a rupture disc or something. But but it is a a relief. Overpressure device, yep. but it talks about, you know, making sure that those exit outside the building and things of that sort. Okay. What about contractors? Yep. Yeah. So contractors is similar in a lot of ways as well. You need to make sure that you only use qualified contractors. Uh, they need to be trained and the training documented that they know what they're doing. The contractors must abide by the safe work practices, the hot work and uh, any other programs that you have like lockout, tagout and so forth. 
and the contractors have to be made aware of the hazards that they're working around. They need to understand that this is a combustible dust and things to watch out for with regard to uh, the dust and uh, ignitability and so forth. So all things, again, in line with PSM, but just all, also just all good things. If you've got somebody who's coming in to work on your hazardous process, you probably want to do all these things, right? Make sure they're aware exactly. of the hazards and make sure that they, they're going to follow, you know, your safe work practices and all that stuff. So make sure they're trained. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next one we wanted to touch base with was the emergency response plan. And for combustible dust, there's kind of two, two sorts of requirements. One is the same, basically, which is that you need a written plan for emergency response that will include how to handle what's what's going to happen if you have a fire or some sort of explosion. The next one, however, is something that is not included in PSM, and that is the plan must be reviewed and validated at least annually. So right. what's the good, purpose good of that? practice? Yeah. It, it's certainly good practice to make sure that it stays up to date with any changes to your facility, your musters locations, who's in charge of making sure everybody's evacuated yeah. and things of that sort. So, again, I think this is one of these items that NFPA took advantage of learnings in the PSM industry and said, OK, let's just go ahead and require the employers to review and validate this emergency response plan on an annual basis. Okay, so yep. that all makes sense. So what's the next one? Audits. Yeah, so the last one is audits. Again, the owner or operator has to evaluate the effectiveness of the management systems periodically. Okay. It doesn't specify a three-year time frame like the PSM standard does, but it does say it needs to be done periodically. So recommendation would be to match the PSM of the three years uh, would be pretty easy. And then there are some details for specific types of equipment that are buried into these prescriptive requirements on checking certain types of operating equipment. So when we do an audit, there's certain things that the standard is telling us that we should be looking for that's, that's equipment specific, whereas PSM all they tell us in the regulation is you have to do a compliance audit every three years. They're not saying, well, if you have a pressure vessel, you need to look at X, Y, Z. Whereas here, they are saying that for certain types of equipment, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that basically is a quick tour of some of the similarities. So what are the things that we covered? We covered that are similar and somewhat analogous mm -hmm. in some certain ways, right? Between D right. Uh, between dust hazards and PSM, and that is employee participation, the PHA requirement, or in this case, we do dust hazard analyses, training and procedures, mm -hmm. MOCs, incident investigations, mechanical integrity, contractors, emergency response planning, auditing, or management system reviews, as they right. call them in the NFPA standards. So what is that it includes included? almost everything? That, yeah, that's almost quite. everything. So, OK, so what isn't included? All right. So there's really kind of three things that aren't included. Number one, there's no specific requirement for process safety information, although obviously it's pretty important to have this information. Mm -hmm. P&IDs are always good, although our experience is that for dust related processes that probably aren't PSM or a lot of them right. are not PSM. Those folks tend not to have PNIDs. They may not. have like a simplified block diagram or flow yeah. diagram or something like that. So it typically isn't quite the same format as a PNID that you'd see for a chemical process. Right. 
So, so we don't have quite as much information usually going into our DHA. But again, there's the, the prescriptive nature of, I mean, one of the reasons why we need really good PNIDs to do, say, a HAZOP is because we're really using that as a tool to make sure that we brainstorm and don't miss any of the important potential failures that could cause catastrophic sorts of incidents. Right. And in DHA, it's more prescriptive, so we're less likely to to overlook something, even if we don't necessarily have great PNIDs. Okay, so PSI right. and, is and not it's not, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so PSI, it doesn't specifically call it out, but one item that is definitely required by these NFPA standards is to understand the unique nature of the materials that you're handling, not just relying on an SDS, but actually do some testing to confirm some of the dust-specific characteristics, the minimum ignition energy, the explosibility, the maximum pressure, if you do have an ignition types of that information. So Those are, that you know, is specifically required. And that's particularly important for mixtures. And if you're adding more than one, let's say you're adding more than one type of combustible dust to your to a vessel and you have a dust mm-hmm. pickup that's pulling away and you've got a dust collector outside, well, what are the what are the characteristics of of the material actually in the dust collector? Right. May be different than all of them than all uh, than each of them individually. So having that information is important. So the requirements for PSI are not specifically related to to the dust standards, as well as there's no specific requirement for a pre-startup safety review, a PSSR. As those of us who have PSM experience know, PSSRs are very important. They go hand in hand with our MOC processes. We want to make sure before we load hazardous materials into our process and and flip the switch, we want to make sure that we've put things together right, that things look as they're designed, et cetera, et cetera. So that goes hand in hand with MOCs. There is no requirement for that within the dust requirements. Best practice, certainly, and we certainly recommend that anybody who has any sort of change management program include making sure that you did everything right before you start up but there's no formal requirement. For that. Right. And the NFPA standards do have specific requirements to ensure that your documentation is all updated mm-hmm. as part of the MOC management system, which is one of the key gates that the PSSR serves as, is to make sure that you've got all of that documentation up to date. So yeah. they cover some of those requirements in their MOC process but, but not the whole thing certainly not and not not including the field requirements that tend to go with right. pssrs and all that so um mm-hmm. okay and the last one is everybody's favorite element because it's generally pretty easy to make sure that you don't have any compliance issues with it and that is trade secrets generally not a problem here we all know that within psm there's a there's a whole there's an element related to if you have trade secrets this is what you have to do to manage those there's no such requirement within uh, within the NFPA standards for dust. Right, right. So as we've talked about today, the NFPA standards really mimic most of the PSM elements. Uh, yeah. They go hand in hand. If you're familiar with PSM compliance, then your handling of combustible dust should be very easy and you can utilize those same programs across the board. If you're handling combustible dust and you have never been covered by PSM, then 
utilizing the processes and procedures that companies handling other flammables and hazardous materials that have complied with PSM for many decades, you can utilize those same approaches. It's nothing new. It's not breaking new ground or anything. It might be new to you as a particular company, but there are certainly lots of guidance out there uh, for PSM compliance. I think that's the biggest, I don't know, concern here for me is the folks who have been doing PSM for years and years probably, you know, expand the scope to your dust processes and you're, you know, and you're good to go. Uh, it's the folks who aren't in, who, who don't have PSM requirements now, who either don't know or don't know the risks or have chosen not to kind of get into what the risks are and how to hand, manage the combustible dust, that that's, you know, that's more the the concern for me. Right. Right. So so the PSM framework rolled out way back in 1992, but it continues to provide a great template for improving process safety. And over time, its use has expanded. So the NFPA has chosen to mimic the same framework to improve combustible dust safety in the aftermath of the Imperial Sugar incident back in 2008, which killed 14 people. So if you're handling hazardous materials, even in small quantities, uh, whether it be combustible dust or flammables or any other toxics or uh, hazardous materials, you can utilize these same practices to keep your employees and your neighbors safe. And to keep your business in business. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you have, you, you have uh, as, we, as we learned from combust, as we learned from Imperial Sugar, as we continue to learn from grain silos, you know, there are, are many other dust-related incidents that have happened, we got to make sure that we're managing these right. So if you have any questions about the materials that we covered in the podcast, or if you have an idea for us to talk about on a future podcast, please send us a voicemail using the link in our episode description, or you can always shoot an email to us at podcast at amplifyconsultants.com. Right. I'll just mention also, we've had a couple of other combustible dust podcasts that might be of interest to you. Episode 51 was talking about combustible dust testing and how you can utilize that to improve your dust hazard analysis. And episode 16 was talking about those DHAs. So listen to those if you're handling combustible dust and want additional information. And finally, our goal at Amplify Process Safety is to save lives by partnering with companies that handle highly hazardous chemicals or combustible dust to create world-class process safety systems. It's our firm belief that these systems will help prevent catastrophic incidents like fires, explosions, and toxic releases. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us if we can help guide you on your process safety journey. And with that, Molly, thank you for leading us through here. And listeners, thank you for listening. And until next time, be safe out there. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Amplify Your Process Safety. Head to our website, AmplifyConsultants.com, to find our show notes and other resources. Thank you for joining us in our mission to ultimately save lives by advancing process safety right here on Amplify Your Process Safety. Until next time.